0: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. With John Leonetti. That broadcast school has really paid off. Matt, welcome. <laughs> Mark Amadeo. Good morning. And Deacon Tony Valdez. Well, good morning, everyone.
1: Thanks so much for joining me today. John Leonetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. It is Wednesday, August 2nd. We've got a great one in store for you today. Dr. Paul Chalou is going to be on at 715. Uh, this is going to be coming from our best of repertoire. Uh, he is um, going to be talking on the book, The Eucharist, Mystery of Presence, Sacrifice, and Communion. Uh, Catholic theologian, Paul Chalou coming up second, excuse me, first half hour here at 715. 745, Kimberly Beg is going to be on. She's the author of a new book called Unbreakable Saints Who Inspired Saints to Moral Courage. I have the book in my hands right now, and this book looks awesome already going through. I was actually playing a little game quickly, just kind of uh, uh, thumbing through the book and seeing some of those saints and seeing who they inspired. I got two right uh, already out of four, so I'm 50% so far, but uh, it was looked pretty good. Uh, looking forward to talking to Kimberly Begg at 745 today. Matt Wilkham will have your news. Mark Amadeo with your sports, your weather with Deacon Mark. And Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord with our morning offering prayer.
2: God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus, and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matt Wilkham now with your news.
1: Thank you, John. News brought to you this morning by Caldwell Parish Funeral Home
3: and Crematory, a Catholic-owned and operated funeral home with locations in Urbandale, Adel, and Winterset. CaldwellParish.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilkham. Donald Trump was indicted on Tuesday for his wide-ranging attempts to overturn the 2020 election, the third time in four months that the former U.S. president has been criminally charged even as he campaigns to regain the presidency next year. The indictment lays out numerous examples of Trump's election falsehoods and notes that close advisors, including senior intelligence officials, told him repeatedly that the results were legitimate. Trump was ordered to make an initial appearance in federal court in Washington on Thursday in a statement. The Trump campaign said he had always followed the law and characterized the indictment as a, quote, persecution reminiscent of Nazi Germany. Olivier Giraud, a professional French soccer player and faithful Christian, shared a video message on Tuesday addressed to 40,000 young French people at World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal. The Frenchman encouraged the World Youth Day pilgrims to become athletes of God. Giraud currently plays for AC Milan and the French national team. And has been very open about his faith throughout his career. Tattooed on the inside of his right arm are the words Dominus Regit et Nihil Bihi Dirit, which is Latin for The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, a reference to Psalm
4: 23.
3: The Story County Attorney's Office has filed a criminal complaint against Iowa State University quarterback Hunter Deckers, who is accused of placing 26 wagers on Iowa State sports events. Deckers, who started all 12 of the Cyclones games last season, would face permanent loss of eligibility under NCAA guidelines that prohibit athletes from wagering on their own games or other sports at their own schools. Deckers denies any wrongdoing. All told, three current and one former Iowa State athlete were charged Tuesday with tampering with records in an attempt to disguise their identities while placing sports wagers. All are accused of manipulating transactions to create the appearance that their bets were placed by other people. And now for your scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo.
5: In sports on your Wednesday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, Midwest teams that were in action on Tuesday. In the National League, the Cubs pick up a win at home as they defeated the first place Cincinnati Reds by the score of 20 to 9 at Wrigley Field in Chicago. And in Washington D.C., the Milwaukee Brewers pick up a win as they defeated the Washington Nationals by the score of 6 to 4. In the American League in Texas, it was the Texas Rangers defeating the Chicago White Sox by the score of 2 to nothing. And in interleague play yesterday in St. Louis, it was the Minnesota Twins defeating the St. Louis Cardinals by the score of 3 to 2. And in the late game last night in Kansas City, the Royals defeated the New York Mets by the score of 7 to 6 in 10 innings. Last night, it was game one of a six-game homestand for the Iowa Cubs in A baseball. The Toledo Mudhens defeated the Iowa Cubs by the score of 8-2 to at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines. Today, the same two teams meet at noon first pitch at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Ambideo. Thank you, Mark.
3: And finally, today's fun fact, the
5: Portuguese city of
3: lisbon is said to be four centuries older than rome due to its excellent tra- trading location the phoenicians settled in lisbon around 1200 bc
1: oh didn't know that it's kind of interesting this morning okay have you ever been there i've not yeah i haven't either i've been to the iberian peninsula but not not that part of it not lisbon i hoping it gets to fatima eventually yeah me too i uh i hope so too i i haven't really had the call Yet, but um, I I'd, I'd like to get. You mean, like no one has called you. and said yeah, no, can, can you can't come
3: to speak to <laughs> right. speak at our conference in
1: Lisbon. Like Mary, you, you Mary don't know Portuguese yet, okay. uh, but I'd like to. Uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to get over there sooner rather than later. So we'll see what we can do. Well, well the nice thing about that is that you can
3: pop on up to Northwest Spain and hit Santiago de Compostela you can while you're Hit there. a lot
1: of stuff while you're in that area. Oh, that's true. Yeah, right, that would be, that would be the pilgrimage to set up right there.
3: You take so. two steps and you stumble over something historically exactly. significant, especially for us Christians. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That's the that's the way to be right there. All right, Deacon
6: Mark with our weather. Yeah, we've got some showers and thunderstorms moving across the uh, southern half of the state. Those should push out um, by 3 p.m. today and we'll see mostly cloudy skies after that with a high near 79. Tonight, uh chance of thunderstorm. Uh, th- 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 Showers and thunderstorms mainly after 1 a.m., but again those should be moving out by the early morning hours. Overnight we'll see mostly cloudy skies with a low around 69. And tomorrow, as I said, those by 7 a.m. those showers should be uh, be through, and then we'll see partly sunny skies and a high near 86. Currently around uh, the listening area, Ames is checking in at 69, and some rain starting to move into that area. Stuart seeing rain and 70 degrees, Fairfield light rain in 69. Here in Des Moines, it is 70 with light rain, and our weather today is brought to you by InterVisions Healthcare, empowering men and women to make the most informed, life-affirming decisions for themselves and their families. Learn more at IVHcare.org. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell. That is your Iowa Catholic Radio Network weather forecast. Thank
1: you, Deacon Mark. Uh, New York City. Uh, Manhattan has officially installed their first ever perpetual adoration chapel uh, in Manhattan, which I thought was really surprising. I've been there. I mean, how many times? A number of times. And I've um, I've been to Eucharistic Adoration in Manhattan, but I guess I didn't know that there was no. Uh, perpetual adoration chapel that was there Um, it was installed at the dominican-led church of saint joseph in the greenwich village neighborhood Uh, the idea for the chapel came from archbishop uh, cardinal timothy dolan who um, desired opportunities for perpetual eucharistic adoration in the city where there was none so uh, according to father boniface uh, pastor of the church of saint joseph um, the when he became pastor Uh, Of the church five years ago, a staff member from the office of young adult uh, outreach contacted him and uh, said that the cardinal had wished that they would um, create a perpetual adoration chapel there for which Father Boniface responded. Sure, we could do that. And uh, he says that was the beginning of the whole process. According to the pastor, there are some perpetual adoration chapels deep in Queens and Staten Island, but none in or near Manhattan. So the chapel seats about 25 people with eight choir stalls for the Dominican friars as well. It's located in the rectory next to the church. It's on the first floor where the parish offices are uh, are located. And uh, he said, Father Boniface, that the uh, chapel will only be accessible to those who have a key card, which they can sign up for at the parish during office hours. Quote, it's just because it's New York City, you have to be conscious of who's coming in and uh, that they want to come in to pray and not for some other reason, he said. So it's a way of ensuring the security of the people using uh, the chapel there. It's a beautiful looking chapel, by the way. Um, and I believe, yes, July 30th, uh, there was a, a liturgy there and I believe everything was consecrated. Um, $850,000 is what it cost. That didn't seem like it was very expensive to me either. So, um, yeah, congratulations to, uh, to St. Joseph there in Manhattan. Next time I'm there, I will definitely have to go down and, uh, and see that pray there we're just so we're so spoiled here in the diocese of des moines i mean when you when you think about it right i mean there's manhattan that's never had a perpetual eucharistic adoration chapel i mean and i i just in you know a 10 mile radius uh i can think of three if not perpetual uh you know you can you can most often find a time obviously saint augustine's is um, but you know, I mean, and, and there's so many other churches around the area that offer Eucharistic adoration just on a regular basis. So, and I know there are there too in Manhattan, but at the same time, having, um, uh, having Eucharistic adoration, growing up with that here in the, in the diocese of Des Moines, I mean, what a luxury that is for us. You go to Eucharistic adoration, Deacon Mark? Um, I, not as regularly as I should, but I,
6: I can say that in Eucharistic adoration is where I've had some of the most, um, I've had some pretty profound experiences. So I'm a big advocate for it, even though it's in my own discipline. Uh, I don't get there and spend a holy hour as much as I would like. Uh, Certainly my schedule, as it is now, it'd be... A little bit challenging to to build to sign up for a regular hour. I know we had uh, Michael Woody, who helps head up the uh, St. Augustine's Perpetual Adoration Chapel, reach out to us. And we're going to work to get him scheduled, uh, you know, here on the morning show. And because they're trying to, you know, in this time of Eucharistic revival, uh, you know, make sure they have all of those slots filled over there at Saint Augustine's. They've had, I think, a little bit of trouble with with certain hours of the day. Which again, you know, in the overnight hours, is certainly understandable. Well, why don't you just volunteer for the three a.m. hour? Uh, we've had this discussion. That and, would and, solve it. You know, when, when, so there was when uh, uh, there was. There <laughs> so uh, you're, you're going you're to you're draw me in to, uh, to share a little story. The uh. the. Um, one of the first times I did Eucharistic adoration, I I did do that in uh, at, at the three o'clock hour. I could see you doing that. Well, you know, I it, it, at the time I would say it was not uh, totally out of humility. I just thought, hey, all these people would be really impressed if I got up in the middle of the night oh, and, sure. and, and went. Uh, Look
1: at me. Yeah,
6: right. That, that's it's uh,
1: three a.m. <laughs> and I'm
0: praying. <laughs>
6: I wasn't quite that loud. Uh, Of course, I didn't have a microphone in front of me to uh, (laughs) to share, but uh, I I knew people would see my name on the sign up list. Right. But 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 genuinely, it was during that that hour that I I experienced a a, a moment of conversion. Really? Of of just uh, uh, to humbly, you know, see the Lord as he is in in the Blessed Sacrament. And, uh, you know, one of the one of those little, you know, that doesn't always make the Reader's Digest version of of my story because it's just another little detail. But uh yeah, just wonderful experiences in front of the Blessed Sacrament cool. and uh, high, highly encourage it. Um, and, you know, thanks for calling me out. So I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, just give uh, I well, time. I mean, you know, I, at least I could, I, I didn't lie on the radio. That, well, that's, I, you did not. But, you're you're a very a good honest of, man. <laughs> there's a good chance my wife's that's the one. That's the one thing that she's I, she's like,
1: uh, what? I'm, one thing I've always known about you, uh, Deacon Mark, you're a very honest man. Well, it's because um, you've only known me for like, the last well, five true, years. That's true. Um, but how, how fortunate are we here at Iowa Catholic? Radio to have our own chapel. Yes. And uh, though we don't have perpetual adoration, the Lord is there. We do. Matt does a holy hour here at the station at three
6: o'clock on Wednesdays. Yep. And people are welcome to join him. Uh, I've... Uh, uh, there there's others who have popped in and joined him from time to time. So it's a, a, a great uh, opportunity. The uh, Also, we do have First Friday Mass this week. So we could we could highlight that real quick at 1130 yeah, on it. Friday. So if and that's uh, open. Right? Yeah, that's open. Anybody can join us here at uh, the radio station at uh, 1355 50th Street in West Des Moines. The uh, Chapel of St. Gabriel, the Archangel. Um, like I say, Mass at 1130 on Friday. And uh, we're going to be having a little go-away party afterwards for Jimmy Olson, who's taking a new job. And, yeah. And uh Friday will be uh uh his his
1: swan song, so to speak, so there you go consider joining us on Friday, yes, uh Eucharistic adoration, Wednesday, holy hour at three o'clock, and then uh, mass at is it eleven you said on 11, friday thir- eleven on thirty okay, okay. is on Fridays as first Fridays as well, so that's open to all of you, our listeners, underwriters, donors, anyone. Uh, that is a part of this Iowa Catholic Radio family. When we come back, uh, we're going to pull a little best of here. Dr. Paul Shalou spoke about the Eucharist, mystery of presence, sacrifice, and communion. We'll have that for you when we come back. John Netty here on the Catholic Morning Show.
0: You're listening to The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
7: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online. CTOIowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Iowa
4: Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Gold Dome Buildings. Gold Dome is locally owned and operated serving Des Moines and surrounding areas since 1992. Builders of garages, farm buildings, customized backyard sheds and playhouses. GoldDomeIowa.com. Each
8: fall, Intervisions Healthcare hosts a fantastic evening of food and fun with the local Knights of Columbus. Join us as we dance the night away on Saturday, September 16th at Christ the King on the south side of Des Moines. All the proceeds from the catered dinner and auctions benefit the life-affirming work the nursing staff provides to women with unplanned pregnancies. For more information, visit IVHcare.org or give us a call today. We look forward to seeing you on September 16th as we dance for life at Christ the King in Des Moines.
0: Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you to our business partner, Big Red Q Quick Print. Family owned and operated since 1980. Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. BigRedQ-Des Big BigRedQ-Des Moines.com Big Red
2: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving Central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com.
6: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Deary of Ames, home of Warranty Forever, offering new, used, and commercial vehicles as well as service and Mopar parts. Deary of Ames is located just off of Highway 30 at the Dayton Avenue exit and online at DearyAmes.com.
1: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Johnny Nettie here on the Catholic Morning Show. Good morning. One and all coming up second half hour. Kimberly Begg is going to be on on her new book, Unbreakable Saints Who Inspired Saints to Moral Courage. Uh, Just awesome stuff. I love it. Uh, You know, when I like to say the saints lives change lives and they do. And they not only change our lives, but they change other saints lives to become great saints, which is pretty exciting. If you ask me. Had the opportunity the other day to sit down with Dr. Paul Chaloux, a Catholic theologian, uh, on the book The Eucharist Mystery of Presence, Sacrifice, and Communion, and here's how it went.
3: I'm excited to welcome back Paul Chaloux, who was with us about a week ago, first highlighting his brand new book, Dying Without Fear, put out by Sophia Press. And this is a, a, a continuation of a conversation that we had last week about the topic of dying what what could we expect why why do people die and what what role does this have this and as well as suffering in god's plan for the redemption of humanity and we're going to find out more about that right now with paul chaloo welcome back to the catholic morning show
9: Thank you.
3: And, uh, you know, I, I was just looking at your bio, Paul, here, and it, it says you were a chemical engineer. How does a chemical engineer, I, I, I'm curious, uh, come to write a, a couple of books about death and dying?
9: Well, I um, I was uh, working at R.I.V.A.N. for 32 years in upstate New York, and I uh, had a dream one night that said that I should teach the teachers. I was a catechist for twenty years, and I, I had this strong dream, this very strong dream that uh, just that I that I'd go and get a doctorate and uh, and teach teachers. I didn't know where I was teaching. I taught some how to teach the catechism. I but when I got to um, to Washington, where Catholic University is, um, I um, I met a neurologist for the first time. She asked me why people suffer. And I didn't have a clue because I wasn't thinking about teaching that, and I'd never really given it much thought, but uh, he said, you, you need to work on that because this is a problem that a lot of people have, and they just don't know it, and it's much more important than teaching a catechism, teaching it's, 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 it's a topic, so I, uh, she was very convincing, and I uh, Started pursuing it in my doctorate and uh, in my doctorate studies, and uh, I ended up writing all people suffer. And uh, as an outcome of that, I wrote this book, *Dying Up Here*, because of course this is a a the end of suffering, and uh, and a lot of people have a lot of interest in it.
3: Absolutely. Well, it's a relevant topic for each and every one of us because. Well, it's it's going to happen one way or another, and I was just looking at your website. You know, talking about how you know there's there's only a certain number of ways people can can die, and you kind of go right. through those. Uh, and the vast majority of those, they die in a, in a certain way. I think about eighty six percent die in in a certain way. Would you want, want to maybe highlight that and talk about the advantages yeah. of of knowing beforehand?
9: Yeah, so um, there's only you can only die of disease or illness, uh, disease or injury. It has to be something catastrophic to take your body from your soul. And so, only six percent of the people in the United States die of injury, and everybody else dies of illness. And of those that die of illness, eighty-six percent of those in the United States die of of uh, terminal illness, being either cancer or uh, a a uh, organ about failing, like a heart or or the brain or. For uh, kidneys or something like that. So, eighty-six percent of the people in the United States know they're going to die before they die, and that's a great blessing because you can you can take advantage of that and and and, uh, and address all the issues that you have, like the state of your soul, like resolving relationship issues with, with anybody that you come into contact with. for your dependence, You can divide medical, define your medical direction. You can pass on your special knowledge. You can even set funeral plans and acid dispersal. It's all become possible because you know you're going to die. Exactly. You know, if you don't know you're going to die, if you, if you if you get if you get hit by a bus, you don't have any of that planning capability
3: yeah it's such a great blessing to to know beforehand in a certain sense though we all kind of know i mean unless you're you know so young that you you're not of the age of reason or you know not quite not quite fully conscious of uh you know this life yet but you know it, we all have a chance you
9: know, you know you're gonna die but you can't really plan for it you know if you if you're if you're twenty six years old and you um and you're in good health. You don't expect to get hit by a bus, you, and so you haven't taken, the, you haven't set up um, anything for for your, uh, for the most part, for for your debt.
3: Absolutely, right? yeah. No, it's 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 a it's a a great blessing to be able to know, you have some sort of you know, clue beforehand. Uh, but we're right. speaking with Doctor Paul Chaloux, who is uh, adjunct professor at the Catholic University of America. The topic is "Dying Without Fear," the name of his book. And we have just uh, about maybe five or six minutes left here with you. Talk about maybe you know pick up the conversation that, that we had last week to the second part of your book. How how can people die without fear? How is that how is that possible?
9: Well, it, it's a, it's a, that was sort of what I was But th- this is uh, uh, you can die out of fear if you understand what's going to happen. If you if you trust in God and and uh, you you know that uh, He wants you to, to be in union with Him, and you love God, you will not have as much fear as people that are that don't know anything about God or are fear, or afraid of God or or assume that God is angry and vengeful. Because he's not, and, and, and because you know that, you have fear. You can, you know, it's like it's like if you plan for your for your graduation, you you won't be fearful about going off to college or, or getting a job after after that. But if you don't plan, you just graduate, and not of what you're going to be fear? You're going to you have a lot of fear. Same kind of thing.
3: Absolutely, and uh, Dr. Paul Shalu, how can How does redemptive suffering and death, how are they gifts that can lead to actually mercy and joy? I mean, how does God turn those things into actual
9: joy? Well, redemptive suffering is is suffering for the benefit of another person. You... uh and when you find it, when you, when you understand that that's part of God's plan for you, and then and that you are part of God's plan to save somebody else, that can be joyful. That can be, that's spiritual growth, and, and this, the outcome of that is joy. Um, now, uh, this book is written in three parts. The first part is the theology that discusses those things. The second part is talking about death from the perspective of the person dying. And the third part is, is from a survivor's point of view, if they suffer also and so this is those the, the way that I cover it I cover the uh, when I cover the uh, the person the, the advice for a top of die and it describes the, the, the major way that people die um, injury contagious um, uh, diseases and uh, if they, not only Christian, which is very few people, right? and then most of the people by the, uh, by bodily breakdown, which is a failure of a major of cancer. And so those, that, that, the, the book then talks about the ramifications of each one, and uh, it talks about, um, um, what, first of all, the choice of your treatment for, for the terminally ill. Um, you can fight it all the way to the end by by just putting all your all your energy on cures or potential cure. Uh, you can embrace it, and you can go into hospice care and accept your death. And uh, bring more energy on what comes afterwards, you can uh, in the basic terminalization, which is which is put you to sleep and you don't wake up. They can feed you, and and then and then there's station assistance suicide in some places. That's um, now I I tend to go through the uh, morality of all these these ways to die. And you know in the Catholic Church there's ordinary care versus extraordinary care. Ordinary care means that all the things that you need to to uh, to live normal life, water, you know water, food, um, warmth. Uh, oxygen. You need to have those things. You have to get those. Things. Everybody is responsible to make sure they they accept those things. There is extraordinary care, which is which is extreme cost, extreme effort, um, experimental stuff, um, extreme pain or repugnance, You know, uh, you don't you do not have to get your leg amputated to save your life. You don't you know you don't have to you don't have to want a heart lung machine. You don't have to do those things. Right. That's extraordinary care. That's a choice you make. But you you can you can legitimately refuse extraordinary care, and that's not killing yourself. That's that's allowing yourself to die. So that that's uh, that's an important distinction a lot of people need to know, and uh, and I go through that in some detail so that uh, they. And I also explain that uh, that um, when they define a medical direction, they can they have help because the uh, bishops most of most of the bishops have a. Uh, a, um, a document out there that uh, describes I, I, I could include, include, link to one that describes what care you didn't accept and what care you can, you do not have to accept. that's a really hard thing to deal with when you're when you're you know you're in that kind of pressure zone the pressure of what to do next
3: right you know so, so, oh, all those end of life. Topics, those questions, uh, you cover those as well as a lot of these tough cases, such as dementia, suicide, you mentioned, uh, very difficult situations where. People are asking, where is God in this? Why is he allowing this? What is the purpose of all this? And you outlined this beautifully in Dying Without Fear. It's your new book, and unfortunately, we're about out of time here. Dr. Paul
1: Sherlue, how can people get a hold of the book if they want more?
9: Well, they can get a hold of the book...
1: All right. Thank you, friends. Coming up second half hour, we're going to be talking to Kimberly Begg, uh, unbreakable saints who inspired saints to moral courage. We'll have that for you coming up in the second half hour here when we come back. John Linetti here on the Catholic
10: Morning Show. Friends, don't go anywhere. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Father Nick Smith, parochial vicar of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines. A concrete example of searching for these fine pearls, seeking this treasure in a field, is the Old Testament figure of King Solomon. King Solomon, remember, was the king who was the son of David, who asked the Lord not for riches or for wealth or the death of his enemies as a gift from God, but he asked for wisdom. The wisdom to know right from wrong. The wisdom to know what is true versus false. True wisdom versus the wisdom of the world. God gave this to Solomon. Solomon then became the wisest of any person on earth. And in addition to this wisdom, God gave him many material blessings besides. When we search for that treasure, when we search for that pearl of great price, it's not as if we simply give up every other thing in our lives, but rather when first things are first, when we seek the kingdom of God God himself, beyond all else, the Lord says, all the rest will be given to you besides, because we will have what is truly necessary, the kingdom of heaven. Everything else will be given us besides. Let's trust that in the Lord and his generosity and his goodness will give us all that we need to serve him, to serve him well. If he does not give us something, it's perhaps because we don't need it for our holiness. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given you besides. May God bless you, and let us continue praying for each other.
8: Support for programming is provided by Gregory Waddle from Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors. Is your financial portfolio pro-life? Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors offers investment products designed for faith-based investors. Seek to align your faith and your finances with a portfolio that does not benefit from abortion, contraception, human cloning, or embryonic stem cell research. Visit kofcassetadvisors.org. kofcassetadvisors.org. Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investment products are not guaranteed and may lose value.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dr. David Ball from Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-255-3546, dmisurgeons.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Coming up, Unbreakable
1: is the book Saints Who Inspired Saints to Moral Courage. Kimberly Beg is going to be uh, be our guest. Um, you know, I, I've often said the saints' lives change lives, and uh, we see this especially in the lives of the saints that have read and studied uh, other saints that came before them and were just inspired uh, to be the same. And that's the goal, right? I mean, this is why the Church canonizes men and women, and in a lot of ways, number one, to let all of us know that they're in heaven. God tells us this by miracles, by the way, and uh, that they are praying for us. Right. That's, that's the number one reason we're a family here. And number two, to be inspired by him so that we can be saints as well, which is the goal. So we'll have that for you coming up second half hour here. Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord with our morning offering.
2: God, our father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words joys and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matt. Welcome now with your news.
3: Thank you, John. News brought to you this morning by Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory, a Catholic-owned and operated funeral home with locations in Urbandale, Adel, and Winterset. Caldwellparish.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilcombe. World Youth Day 2023 kicked off in Lisbon, Portugal Tuesday with an opening mass before a crowd of hundreds of thousands, with the patriarch of Lisbon being the main celebrant. Pope Francis arrived in Portugal on Wednesday for the week-long meeting of the world's young Catholics. The five-day tour to Portugal is the Pope's 42nd overseas trip. And organizers said there are 354,000 pilgrims from at least 143 countries registered for the event. Donald Trump was indicted on Tuesday for his wide-ranging attempts to overturn the 2020 election, the third time in four months that the former U.S. president has been criminally charged even as he campaigns to regain the presidency next year. The indictment lays out numerous examples of Trump's election falsehoods and notes that close advisors, including senior intelligence officials, told him repeatedly that the results were legitimate. Trump was ordered to make an initial appearance in federal court in Washington on Thursday. In a statement, the Trump campaign said he had always followed the law and characterized the indictment as a, quote, persecution reminiscent of Nazi Germany. Union leaders told striking Hollywood writers Tuesday night that they plan to meet with representatives for studios to discuss restarting negotiations after the first official communication between the two sides since the strike began three months ago. It was not immediately known whether a similar overture was made to union leaders for Hollywood actors who have been on strike since July 14th. The Story County Attorney's Office has filed a criminal complaint against Iowa State University quarterback Hunter Deckers, who is accused of placing 26 wagers on Iowa State sporting events. Deckers, who started all 12 of the Cyclones games last season, would face permanent loss of eligibility under NCAA guidelines that prohibit athletes from wagering on their own games or other sports at their own schools. Deckers denies any wrongdoing. All told, three current and one former Iowa State athlete were charged Tuesday with tampering with records in an attempt to disguise their identities while placing sports wagers. And now for your scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo.
5: In sports on your Wednesday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, Midwest teams that were in action on Tuesday. In the National League, the Cubs pick up a win at home as they defeated the first-place Cincinnati Reds by the score of 20-9 to at Wrigley Field in Chicago. And in Washington, D.C., the Milwaukee Brewers pick up a win as they defeated the Washington Nationals by the score of 6-4. In the American League in Texas, it was the Texas Rangers defeating the Chicago White Sox by the score of two to nothing. And an interleague play yesterday in St. Louis, it was the Minnesota Twins defeating the St. Louis Cardinals by the score of three to two. And in the late game last night in Kansas City, the Royals defeated the New York Mets by the score of seven to six in ten innings. Last night it was game one of a six-game homestand for the Iowa Cubs in Triple A baseball. The Toledo Mudhens defeated the Iowa Cubs. By by the score of 8-2 to two at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines. Today, the same two teams meet at noon first pitch at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo.
3: Thank you, Mark. And finally, today's fun fact, when talking about martial arts, people immediately think of East Asia and their mighty fighting styles like Kung Fu, Taekwondo and Karate. With that said, Portugal has its own martial arts called Jogo do Pao, which means game of the stick. Jogo do Pao may remind you of the Japanese martial art Kendo, while kendo was derived from swordsmanship, jogo was a technique introduced by farmers in medieval times
1: who practiced it for self-defense. My kids are very much into taekwondo. Well, you got to get them into jogo de Pal. Yeah, sounds apparently. like it. Sounds like it. Yeah, I'm a, I've become a big fan. I was never a taekwondo kid growing up. Um, never knew really anything about it. Uh, but my wife was. She was really big into that. Um, and then, uh, so she said, let's get the kids into it. And I said, well. It's not going to hurt anything. Right. And man, it was it's been so good for them. Well,
3: so you know good. what happens when you put Kung Fu and Joguru Pao together, you get Kung Pao chicken. There you go. Which is delicious.
1: Mm, <laughs> the best. It's the best right there. <laughs> you know, I'm
6: ashamed I'm, for laughing at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Now, my wife's got uh, my wife's got all those weapons, you know, from from her early days, too. So you don't want to mess with her. OK, yeah, she's she's got a, she's got, you know, those little stick things. That's why you're that such you're, a good man. Yes, she, that's she, she exactly keeps, right. That's a, keeps you in line. we well, you know, you take those what, what those like pole things of stick things. And, you know, you, she she's just she, she used to be really, really fast and good at it, she said. But uh, the kids are now training for all of that. So they put on all their gear and I forgot how they. What it's called, but you know e? they, they do battle. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, That's with the other kids, it's all safe and everything. But it's really, really cool to see. <laughs> Nobody's getting their eyes gouged out. No one's, no, no <laughs> one's, uh, no one's getting hurt. But uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. So there you go. Uh, what do we got for the weather, Deacon
6: Mark? Well, it, uh, most of the people across the southern half of the state are uh, seeing rain, some thunder showers, but those should be moving out this afternoon, and we'll have mostly cloudy skies for the rest of the day with a high near seventy nine. Uh, Overnight, we'll have a chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 1 a.m., but by 7 a.m., the skies will become mostly cloudy, and we'll have a low low around 69 overnight. Tomorrow, uh, partly sunny after the rain moves out and a high near 86. As I mentioned, rain across much of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network listening area, and it's uh, pretty much a carbon copy out there. Boone's at 70 degrees, Knoxville at 70 degrees, Creston at 69. And Des Moines checking in at 71 and everybody seeing rain, rain, rain. Our weather this morning brought to you by Intervisions Healthcare, empowering men and women to make the most informed, life-affirming decisions for themselves and their families. Learn more at IVHCare.org. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell. That's your Iowa Catholic Radio
1: Network forecast. Thank you, Deacon Mark. Let's go to your Saint of the Day. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, he stood up for truth against bullying tactics, as he's honored today because because he did just that. St. Eusebius of Vercelli today was an Italian bishop. Early in his life, he instructed the clergy in his diocese to live in communities rather than as individuals, believing this would help his priests grow in virtue. But St. Eusebius' lasting contribution came in his defense of the Catholic faith against the heresy of Arianism. The Pope asked Eusebius to travel to Constantinople to ask the Emperor to call a council. When the Emperor agreed, Eusebius went reluctantly, as he could tell that the Catholic position would not prevail. The Arian bishops were simply too powerful. When the council wanted to denounce St. Athanasius, who tried to chart a middle way, Eusebius refused. The Emperor was furious and had Eusebius exiled to Palestine. There, the Arians dragged him through the streets and locked him up. He was only able to return to Italy later in life. We ask today, St. Eusebius of Frucelli, to pray for us. Amen. Let Just let that be also a, a reminder for all of us here, right? I Well, the odds are, are stacked against you the most. If God's with you, if he's on your side, it's over, right? There's nothing it doesn't matter how powerful the other side is you don't think david and goliath here right right from the beginning of sacred scripture the lord gives us the example of that right david and goliath i and look here right all the all the the aryan bishops stacked up against going in thinking this ain't going to work we're done and what happens god always prevails always praise him for it all right, coming up right after this, Kimberly Begg is going to be on with me. Unbreakable is the book, Saints Who Inspired Saints to Moral Courage. We're going to have her on when we come back. John Netty here on the Catholic Morning Show. Friends, don't go anywhere. You're listening to the
5: Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
7: It's Wednesday, August 2nd. This is Anne-Marie Cox with your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. Support our monthly Catholic newspaper with a subscription. And if you can afford it, maybe one for someone who cannot. The Catholic Mirror brings news, inspirational stories of faith, and upcoming events right to our mailboxes. You can receive it in your inbox, too. Take a subscription today by going to dmdiocese.org and click on Giving and Special Collections. Happy birthday to Father Samuel Danso. Father Danso is the pastor of Sacred Heart Parish in Sheraton, St. Francis in Corridon, and St. Brendan in Leon. Mark the calendar. On Saturday, August 19th, we'll be gathering at the Grotto of St. Anthony at 9 o'clock for Mass and a short Eucharistic procession to St. Ambrose Cathedral. Join us as we worship Jesus and bring him to the streets of Des Moines. That's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. Support for Iowa
2: Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving Central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Story Construction, a 100% employee-owned general contractor, construction manager, and design builder serving a variety of commercial markets throughout Iowa. Learn more about career opportunities at storycon.com.
8: Each fall, Intervisions Healthcare hosts a fantastic evening of food and fun with the local Knights of Columbus. Join us as we dance the night away on Saturday, September 16th at Christ the King on the south side of Des Moines. All the proceeds from the catered dinner and auctions benefit the life-affirming work the nursing staff provides to women with unplanned pregnancies. For more information, visit IVHcare.org or give us a call today. We look forward to seeing you on September 16th as we dance for life at Christ the King in Des Moines.
0: Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio the catholic morning show on iowa catholic radio
1: thanks for tuning in friends the official Starter of world youth day has begun just fyi getting lots of uh, lots of photos uh, from the diocese of des moines website also uh, justin white who's the director of young adult ministry for the diocese of des moines is there so uh, things are happening it looks awesome Really excited for him. Continue to pray for him as we have here on this show. Let's go to our next guest, author of the book Unbreakable Saints, who inspired saints to moral courage. Kimberly Begg joins me. Hi, Kimberly.
4: Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me on.
1: I'm so excited about this book, uh, Kimberly. I have oftentimes said the saints' lives, they change lives. This is what they do. And it's not just our lives, from their teachings and wisdom, uh, to see and uh, the, the, the profound effect a saint Can have, someone living that heroic virtue can have on the life of another saint, I don't know how much more inspired I can get.
4: Yes, and you know, the the, the wonderful stories about how the the saints have inspired some of our most well-known and beloved and heroic saints over the ages are largely unknown by a lot of Catholics, Mm. which is interesting because all of us, we all have our favorite saints, and we all know how much they inspire us in our lives. So, you know, with this book, we're trying to share some of these amazing stories to, you know, point out that important point that saints inspire saints, but also just to tell those really inspiring stories of our favorite saints and how they lived so courageously for Christ out in the world.
1: I, I will say, and you write about her kind of right away, St. Joan of Arc. I mean, she, she was such an inspiration for so many different saints, and, and I, I think it's, it's kind of a shame because we know her name, but sometimes we don't know a lot about her life.
4: And I thought that I knew St. Joan of Arc's story until I started to do my research. So all of us are familiar with the story of how St. Michael the Archangel visited her when she was 13 years old and counseled her throughout her heroic journey. But I was unfamiliar with the two teenage martyrs who also visited her and also inspired for her and interceded for her. And the fact that it was not just martyrs who helped Joan along her journey and inspired her. But teenage martyrs who gave their life, refused to renounce their saint, ended up inspiring everybody who knew about them during the Diocletian persecutions of the 4th century, and then for centuries after that. In fact, these two saints, St. Margaret of Antioch and St. Catherine of Alexandria, were extremely well-known in Joan's time, and yet they're largely forgotten in modern Catholic life.
1: Really interesting. Uh, you talk about modern saints as well. I mean, John Paul II, uh, it, you know, who was he inspired yep. by?
4: John Paul II was a wonderful inspiration for Blessed Jerzy Papayushka. Yeah. And if you and your listeners are not familiar with Blessed Jersey, he has been a personal inspiration of mine for years. He was the heroic chaplain of the Solidarity Movement in communist Poland after World War II. And he helped millions of people living under the oppressive government of communism in Poland and throughout the Eastern Bloc. He helped them see through the lies and the evil of communism. And he helped them find their dignity. You can see St. John Paul II's words in Blessed Jerzy's words, that he would broadcast to, you know, 20,000 people would come and see his masses, and then his friends would reprint them And underground newspapers Mm. and rebroadcast them on Radio Free Europe. But you can see John Paul II's words. You can see St. Maximilian Kolbe's words and his influence because Yerji loved St. Maximilian Kolbe. He was his favorite saint as a child. And you can also see the great Blessed Stefan Wyszynski's words. He was another wonderful insp- inspiration of Father
1: Yury. Father Jerzy, uh the first I heard about him was from our bishop friends, uh, Bishop Johnson, who has a, a special little devotion to him as well. We were just having a conversation. And he brought him up, and I, I, I thought, i got to go do a little research on this guy's life. And my goodness, I mean, what, what a life he lived. And, and it was not an easy life, as you pointed out, and, and eventually would die a, a, a martyr's
2: death.
4: Well, and the Polish people, he's been a hero in Poland for decades. Mm-hmm. So everybody, all all the, the Catholic Poles, they all know about Blessed Jersey. For me, though, it was about maybe 10 or 15 years ago that a good friend of mine told me about him because he had visited his gravesite. And he's a a very faithful Catholic, has been a pilgrim visiting many Catholic sites in Europe. He said that this was the most spiritually profound experience of his life, visiting this site. And that meant a lot to me um, personally. So I began to become curious about his life. And it was just this discovery of him learning about St. Maximilian Colby as a boy at his grandmother's house, reading Colby's newspaper, Knights of the Immaculata. And this sparked a great love for his faith, which was reinforced, you know, and taught by his parents and by his very strong uh, faithful Catholic community that he grew up in. But St. Maximilian Colby was always close to his heart his entire life.
1: You talk about St. Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, a uh, one that is very close to my family's
4: heart. Yes. That's really good to know. You know, my sons also love St. Jose. We just learned about him as a family a few years ago. But what I love about him is he was, again, a teenager. In fact, he was only 14 years old when he left his home to join the Cristeros. He was inspired by Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Um, Juan Diego, mm. who also had this very special mission. And Our Lady was very intent in telling St. Juan Diego, this is your mission, because he, of course, told Our Lady, go find somebody else, go find a nobleman, somebody else who can convince the bishop to to follow out your plans and to build a church for you. But Our Lady told St. Juan Diego, this is your mission that only you can fulfill. St. Jose had that same understanding of of the purpose of his life. St. Joan of Arc had it. Uh, Blessed Jersey Papayishko had it. All of these saints had it. So at 14 years old, this little boy went off to join the Cristeros, ended up giving up his horse for the general courageously, knowing he'd be captured. And he was, and he was captured for five days, tortured, offered all of the uh, wonderful riches of the world, he was told, you can join our side, we'll make you an officer, we'll give you this great life. We'll keep if your family safe. Just, just
1: I mean, imagine King. imagine and, that one, right? he refused. Yeah. And he refused. I mean, it, what, what, they, they would say, we're going to keep your family safe. Uh, from, from all of this. So it's not even just, not even just you, we're going to protect your mom, your dad, your brothers. They're all fighting in this war. We'll bring them out. We're going to give you money. He grew up very poor. We'll give you money. We'll give you everything you need. You just join our side. And he said, no.
4: No. But the offer was, save death to Christ the King. Yeah. And Jose would never do that. He considered Jesus to be his best friend. And he had a very special devotion to Jesus Christ, really present in the Blessed Sacrament. There was no way he would ever, ever renounce Christ.
1: No. And that's what it was. It is, as you just said, uh, Kimberly, they would put a picture of Jesus' face on the floor and they would know you were serious in renouncing the faith and apostatizing if you would step on his face and say the words death to Christ, the king. And that's how they knew uh, they, you know, and this is and there were there were Christians, many that did it, uh, that, that would turn their back. They would apostatize. But St. Jose and Sanchez the- del Rio did not say it again.
4: Yeah, and what's so beautiful about this story is the support of his family. Right. So, you know, his poor mother's heart was breaking towards all of this, you know, seeing the pain, the physical pain he was in and the anguish, you know, marching behind him, knowing that he was going to be murdered. And she encouraged him because she knew that, you know, his soul is the most important aspect of, 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 his entire being, right? Spending eternity with God in heaven, that is our goal. And so Saint Jose was blessed to grow up in a family that understood this. And as modern parents, we really need to understand this about our children, right? So our goal is to guide them on their path to heaven. And that is going to mean suffering and sacrificing for Christ out in the world and doing it joyfully as Saint Jose did.
1: Teresa of Calcutta.
4: St. Teresa of Calcutta, inspired by St. Therese of Lisieux. If you look at the way that St. Teresa of Calcutta lived her life, it was St. Therese's spirituality of of being a little child and of doing little things for Christ every single day in every aspect of your life. So for St. Teresa, it, it was nothing for her to, in 1979, speak about the truth of abortion when she was accepting the Nobel Peace Prize in front of, you know, a room full of people who were very enthusiastic supporters of abortion. And she called not only abortion a great injustice, but she called the nations and the people who supported abortion the poorest of the poor. So she used her popularity as this great a lover of humanity, to condemn the greatest evil in our society today. And she did it beautifully and courageously, and she did it again. <laughs> so she did it again, you know, many, many times throughout her life. Um, and then in the 1990s, uh, at the National Prayer Breakfast, in front of her host, Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, who invited her on stage with Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and the Gores, she repeated that same message And um, the Clintons didn't know what to do on stage, and there was just this cold silence in the room. But then, you know what happened? People applauded her because the truth is written on our hearts, and people understood that courage, and they applauded her. Now, not everybody did um, because that's very uncomfortable, you know, all of a sudden to be confronted with the truth. But we all know the truth. We all know it's a baby um, in her mother's womb who is going to be slaughtered because of this so-called right to abortion. Um, But that courage came from love. It came from love and doing all things with love. And St. Uh, Teresa of Calcutta never, ever showed that she was fearful at any moment. And I don't believe she was fearful because she just felt so close to Christ's heart.
1: Well, something I ask, if she took Teresa's name, Teresa of LaSue's name, um, which she did, uh, Teresa, why, why does she spell it differently than Therese? And the answer is because... Wonderful
4: she, question, because one of the other women yeah. um, in the Loretto Sisters um, took already it. took her name. Yeah.
1: So she's said, well, I'm going to do the Spanish spelling of it instead. So she did. (laughs) And uh, and there it was, T-E-R-E-S-A, Teresa of Calcutta, one of my favorites of all time. Where can people get this book? Just awesome stuff.
4: Oh, thank you so much. TANbooks.com, Amazon.com, and then my website is com and I'm also offering a free 17-page study guide to be used for family discussions and homeschool and school curricula, uh, book clubs, anything. But that's free on my website as well, but the book is also available
1: on Unbreakable is the book, Saints Who Inspired Saints to Moral Courage, Kimberly Beg. Great work, Kimberly. Thanks for coming on
4: much.
1: God bless you. All right. I'm so glad someone wrote this book, friends, because uh, as she said, she's right. I mean, again, these these saints change lives. So, all right. Tomorrow, Father P.J. McManus, he's in the hot seat once again for our Ask Father P.J. segment. Plus, Dr. Dan Schneider from Franciscan University of Steubenville offers a field manual for spiritual combat. Deacon Tony, let's pray.
2: Let's pray today for the intentions of our listeners. For all our priests and religious, in thanksgiving for rain, finally, that we have some in the state. Let us pray to St. Michael the Archangel. Defend us in battle, be our safeguard against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. And we ask Mother Mary, pray for us, St. Joseph and St. Michael, protect us and may the blessing of God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us, protect us all from evil and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. I am John Linetti. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.
5: Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit IowaCatholicRadio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this morning, weary land, where many a dream has died. Like a tree planted by the water,
7: we never